Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specializing in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specializing in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello, and welcome to episode 21. Today, we are talking about how to deliver bad news well. Because we know this is something that comes up for a lot of people. You've either been on the receiving end of receiving bad news and, and not the best way. And you you also probably had to deliver bad news. And there isn't ever very much training in the corporate world on how to do that. We're just expected as managers to be able to deliver bad news and do it well and deal with the fallout. So today we're going to talk through it. We're going to break it down and we're going to share some of our own experiences. So Jackie, when have you had to deliver bad news and how did you do that? So yeah, this episode has come about because of a conversation that I had not long ago. And it's an interesting one because I think there's a fair bit of stuff online and kind of training for managers around difficult conversations, but it tends to focus on things like performance conversations, absence management maybe, personality conflicts in the workplace, that kind of thing. And there is a lot of other areas. So when we're talking about delivering bad news, well, this might be that there is redundancies, restructures. It might be that you're moving on and somebody is going to be moving into a different, reporting into a different line manager and they're not going to feel great about that. It can be just a whole heap of that kind of thing capability conversations if somebody's maybe been off long-term sick and you've got to have a conversation about potentially that they're going from company sick pay to statutory sick pay and that's going to have a big implication there's a lot of potentially very emotionally charged conversations and what that is the further you go in your management leadership career the more of these types of conversations you will have and all of those examples are just plucked from my own experiences. They're all the conversations I've had, turning down flexible working requests, you name it. And it does get easier, but nobody taught me that stuff. I had a lot of management and leadership training and this was never covered. So the first time that I was doing them was the first time that I was experiencing them. Yeah, and I suppose that it probably is the same for a lot of us. I know from my own experience, I never, ever had a training course or an opportunity to learn how to deliver bad news. It was like, right, okay, this is what we need to do. At times when I was responsible for delivering news around redundancies and different things like that, there was never anybody telling me how to do this so to almost lessen the blow how to how to do it so that people go away and they actually understand what the next steps are it was just like right we need to do this off you go and do it and because you're a senior manager you're expected to just be able to run with it and it can be quite stressful when you're the person delivering the news but then 
on the other side when you're the person delivering the news like if if somebody doesn't do it right it can have such a huge impact or I think when I say if they don't do it right if they don't do it with empathy and if they don't do it with some thought the impact can be huge and especially depending on when they deliver that as well that that timing is also key so what would what would you advise Jackie in terms of delivering that that feedback and or, or delivering that bad news and when and how is is the is the best way so I think you're absolutely right there's no perfect there's no right or wrong and it's important to be compassionate to the person that's going to be on the receiving end but also be compassionate to yourself and recognize that you're not a robot you're not clinical and this is going to probably feel uncomfortable for you too in terms of the kind of the when where and how for me this is part of the preparation for the conversation so you'll have preparation in terms of the technical bits like you say of what message have I got to deliver what have I got to say what am I not allowed to say so with redundancies for example or dismissals, short service dismissals offering somebody a settlement agreement there will be things that you have to say and things that you can't say so that's one aspect of preparation the other aspect is that element and like you say empathy is so key so for example always try and deliver bad news in person. That's going to feel probably uncomfortable, but there is more opportunity to manage it and to deliver the news well if you're doing it in person or potentially a a video call, Zooms or a team call, worst case scenario, a telephone conversation. But one of the things that I think people sometimes do is sort of lean towards that comfort element of well maybe I should put it in email and then the message is there and it's clear I can make sure I can include the right things and not say the wrong things but email you're in no control over when somebody reads it you you can't see their response so I had a horrific story from a friend of mine who was on the receiving end of a group email on a Friday afternoon warning that people are at risk of redundancies it later transpired she wasn't at risk of redundancy it was an error that she'd been sent the email so that's pretty bad as well but regardless there was a load of people that went home that weekend that had just had an email that said redundancies are happening and your role potentially is at risk and email is just a terrible terrible way to do it even a group Teams call or phone conference would have been a better way to have handled that situation than just to send it out. Because you imagine what might have happened. People are in an office, then potentially it's that, oh, have you seen that email? What's happened? Somebody might not work on a Friday and they may be doing a school run, picking the kids up and just see the email comes up on their phone. You've you've got absolutely no control. And then you've got that it was a Friday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and letting people go home and stew over the weekend when they're not going to access support, they're not going to be able to ask questions. So it's just these real, you know, they they sound, I'm sure, really simple and straightforward when I'm describing them. But all too often, those elements of being compassionate get missed because there's the focus on doing it right, doing it technically as opposed to 
that empathy and that element of what's the experience going to be like. And really, if I'm doing it on a Friday afternoon, nobody's going to do anything over the weekend anyway. So why could it not have been Monday? Yeah. And I suppose that is, that's a thing, isn't it? Because when you've got to deliver that bad news, like in that situation, probably the thought around it was we need to just let people know before the end of the week, rather than actually thinking, well, if I'm in that, the, the, the people who are receiving that email, if I'm in their shoes, how is that going to make me feel over the weekend? And it is that real empathy piece, isn't it? Where you are putting yourself in, into the shoes of that other person. And even to the point where you, you, you're delivering, how you're delivering that news and where you're delivering it and who's in the surrounding areas and how how is that person potentially going to react? And are we in a safe space where they can, if they get upset, they can be upset without other people kind of being able to see and wonder what's going on and cause that little bit of almost like excitement in the offices and they when something's going on and people aren't sure and stuff. And it's like, how do you put somebody in a space where they've got that level of privacy? And also you're thinking about how is this actually going to make them feel realistically? Absolutely. Another terrible example that was, again, a recent one was some someone that I know, a good friend of mine that was told that they were moving from company sick pay to statutory sick pay. Understandable, appreciate why if somebody's on long-term sick, employers may have to do that. But again, that was a Friday afternoon. It was done by text. And that person's whole ability, it's a cost of living crisis. People are worried about paying their bills at the best of times. And to, to have that, where that person is then left worrying about the finances, that could have been predicted. And that then could have been, for example, anticipating what's going to be the worst thing about this message for this person. How might they react? And if it's going to have a financial impact, it might be that you can point them towards, for example, an employee assistance program that your business might have, where you can say to them, look, if you speak to the employee assistance line, hopefully they may be able to help you talk through the practicalities of it and point you in the direction of where you can find out whether there's other financial support you can get if you're no longer on company sick pay. So it's anticipating what the impact will be, how that person will feel as a result of that, and then considering what what support mechanisms or what ways could I try and approach it, not to take it away because you can't stop that, but what could I do to try and minimize or support or reassure in some way somebody that's in that situation? Yeah, and I suppose that that is the key to it, isn't it? Because it's kind of thinking, how how can I support that person? And also kind of thinking about the conversation. So when you initially deliver bad news that's got to sink in so depending on the type of person that you're delivering the news to they might have questions straight away but they also might need to go away and think about it let it sink in and then come back with questions so it's almost like can you give them the space to do that and what happens if that does fall over a weekend how can you provide that support is the support available and almost like preempting the fact that if you're delivering that news on a Thursday for example and they you might 
need 24 hours, 48 hours to think about it. And then what do they do over the weekend? So it's almost like preempting it. Like if anything comes up over the weekend, maybe you just want to record it and then get those questions over first thing Monday morning or let's have a phone call or whatever, just so that person feels supported and you've kind of preempted like, well, you might go away and when it sinks in, there might be something that comes up and I am here to support you, but obviously not on the weekend. So this is the process we're going to follow. Or or could you be available on the weekend? Even though you don't normally work a weekend, could you say, actually, in this instance, then I am okay for somebody to contact me? And I think you raise a really important point about kind of how people take time to process. So one thing that is quite a useful tool when you're kind of trying to be empathetic and consider how might they react or respond, what might they feel, is the change curve. And that was originally developed in looking at how people respond to grief. And then actually it's been developed further and looks at workplace and how people respond to workplace change. And depending on on what you Google, you might find anything between three and seven stages. But I, for this type of thing I tend to talk about there's there's four kind of broad stages so you've got your initial kind of shock denial resistance that whole thing of like whoa what is this where somebody may or may not feel a level of shock so if for example the company's numbers have looked terrible for months or there's already been two rounds of redundancies you might feel like "Mm, it's not going to be that much of a shock but it still can be. People might literally, they've just got no idea that this is coming. Or it can be the other way around where you can feel like this is going to be a huge shock. And actually for that person, they kind of clocked. And I've had that before with with situations where it's kind of been like, oh, this person is strangely calm. (laughs) And it's because they had clocked and just how they'd managed and conducted themselves, they hadn't necessarily shown that. So that's your kind of first stage. Then you often get a bit of kind of resistance, anger, frustration, those negative emotions where as it sinks in, there's all those worries and all the thoughts of what's going to happen now, what impact, where the realization dawns of how it's going to impact them. And that's often where you start to get those questions. And that is part of the process in order to move through to acceptance and kind of moving on. And it's unlikely when you're delivering bad news, you're going to get all that way through the change curve where they're kind of like, okay, yeah, I get this now and I'm good with this. So it's about recognizing how does that person typically respond to change? What else is going on for them in their life? You may or may not know that they may have other stuff going on. And if so, then you may find that this is, an additional pressure so they may respond differently to how they've responded before you may know them quite well and have a good steer you may not know them that well and it might be a bit less clear but definitely think about those initial stages that people are likely to go through and some people will ask lots of questions straight away some will ask barely any because they will stay in that kind of shock denial stage where it just doesn't feel real for now yeah and I suppose as well when you when you kind of go in through those stages with somebody and a lot of the times when I've delivered bad news like 
when I was back in back in the corporate world, people will act in a way where you kind of like they might get angry, they might cry and things like that. And the way that I handled that was to think, well, because some people in those situations might even swear and things like that. And the way that I approached that was to think, okay, this is not personal. This is they're not personally attacking me. This is just them processing it. And when I took that, when I kind of took that view and thought this anger isn't aimed at me. I mean, obviously we're sitting here, we're having a conversation. This person is is obviously agitated by the news, but actually they're not angry with me, they're angry with the news. And I'm delivering the news and I'm kind of facilitating the message between the company. So it for me, it was like, right, okay, take the emotion out of it because they're not angry with me. They're not upset with me, but actually I'm the person that's delivered the news. So I need to help them move forward with this. And I kind of found letting people just get out what they're feeling. I, I just invited them to kind of you feel and whatever's on your mind if you want to download it if you need to think about it then you can come back but if you just kind of want to download it I will sit and listen to what you've got to say I might not have the answers for you right now I might need to go away and find out what the answers are or get it out because a lot of the time when people have got things going around in the head it's a lot harder for them to process and deal with whereas if they've got that outlet where they can just get it out what they're thinking and a lot of the time things they say aren't particularly rational or logical it's just a jumble of oh my goodness like how do I deal with this how am I going to process this and if if people if you're delivering news say around redundancy or something that affects somebody's job then immediately if they've got issues going on at home or they're really struggling for example with the cost of living crisis then straight away they go to that point they're like what am I going to do how am I going to pay my bills how do I pay the mortgage and all of this stuff it's almost overwhelming for them so just giving them that outlet to be able to get it off the chest and say you know I am here I will listen to what you've got to say I might not have the answers but I will listen I'm here to support you and the questions I can't answer I'll definitely take them away and get an answer definitely and I think sometimes it's about having a pause as well and sometimes they're ready to express all of that and sometimes they need a breather so sometimes it might be that you say do you want me to just go and get you a glass of water and give you five minutes to think about what questions you want to ask and that's totally okay too and I think one thing that I've I found I say the worst day of my working career it was horrific I was working for a business that went into administration and it was pretty clear that that was going to happen we knew that the notice had been filed to enter administration and a number of stores were closing. So there was a potential buyer and that those negotiations were pretty advanced, but there was a kind of final day of either we're going into administration or not. And 38 stores were told that they were closed. That was it. So these people in the morning had had to get into work, get notification that this was their store was now closed and they were sent a pack that told them how to pack up the store. And at the end of the day, they had to dial into a conference call and I had to make 38 people's roles redundant and ask them to then communicate that message to their teams as well. And you can imagine the amount of 
kind of emotion and what have you that was brewing on that call where and and even though the store had already closed and they'd been packing stuff up and you, they'd had kind of a day during that day knowing that actual confirmation of that message was still awful for people and it's it prompted some really in my head at the time, really weird questions. With hindsight, they made sense. So it was people asking things like, the pack says that I have to turn off all the electrical appliances. If I defrost, if I do that, the, the fridge freezer is going to defrost and leave a pool of water on the floor. Should I turn it off or not? A really tiny detailed question. And it came from that shock and just not processing and not quite getting so you're sometimes, and then there was anger and then you had, this was in the days before Teams calls or Zoom. So you had people dialing into a conference call and then when they left, it was like, so-and-so has left the call. So you knew who'd left. And it was literally like call after caller after caller, leaving the call, leaving the call. And that was horrible to have to do. But those questions that came up were not necessarily what I'd expected or anticipated. But like I say, with hindsight, that was because some people had kind of processed it and got to the anger stage and the shock stage and the worry stage and were asking questions about, will we be paid? What will happen? All of that kind of stuff. Some people were expressing anger and some people were still at the shock stage of asking what seemed like just the tiniest detail, most inane questions, like who cares? You you haven't got a job, your team haven't got a job. Why mm. would you care? But the people were still kind of clinging to, I'm trying to do what I'm supposed to do. So I think it's really important to recognize any and all of those responses are valid. And you just kind of have to work with what comes up for people as it comes up. Yeah, because I think you you will find in those situations, like people will come out with the strangest things because they're trying to process it. And rather than kind of dealing with it head on, their their brain starts going to the other things, the things that are going to take the mind off it. Like, what can we think of now that that means that we can just have another 10 minutes or so without thinking about what's actually happening? And it's and then it's almost like, well, what does the closing down look like? How and people will come out with the strangest the strangest questions and it is just holding that space for them and that as as the person delivering that news regardless of the level that you're at in a company if you're delivering bad news to somebody you need to be ready to give them that space to to hold that space for them to explore what's going on maybe come back to it later on and I think that that's the the key thing isn't it if if you kind of rush in with bad news and rush back out you that person is it's going to take them a lot longer to process that news and to get over it and to understand what their options are whereas if you kind of go and give them the time and the space to to think about it to explore it and with that option to come back later then it's so much easier to process and I, I don't know about about you, but the way that I kind of, I like to know, even though I probably wouldn't need to, it depends on the news, I probably would kind of go away and think about it, but just knowing that I had that support, that somebody was holding that space for me, would make me feel so much better about it, because I think sometimes you can feel so alone, and especially if you have got things going on at home, which mean that 
telling a partner or family members what's going on with you at work that could increase stress or cause more problems so just knowing that you've got that support I think makes all that difference as well absolutely and I think one other point I would add is as you were saying there about kind of rushing in and rushing out and the importance of holding the space one thing that I think it's important to recognize is that it generally is important to get to the point quite quickly and then be prepared to hold the space because and hold the space is quite a coachy term and we're both coaches so it's very natural for us but in essence what we're saying is get to the point deliver the news because I think when you're nervous about it one of the sort of delaying tactics or the tactics that for you as the deliverer of the news can be tempting is to try and keep things quite normal and have a bit of chit chat. And if you you feel anxious about the fact that you've got to do this and what I've seen people do is try and have the polite chit chat and try and act as if things are normal for the first couple of minutes because they're not quite sure how to introduce the bad news. And that just as a kind of memory for the person on the receiving end just feels quite inauthentic they can sense that something's going on it's kind of like okay why are you talking 19 to the dozen and however good you think you are as an actor you're probably not so I think it's really important to prepare especially for that first bit of the conversation to deliver the news get to the point quite quickly use language that's not going to inflame or trigger further emotions and then be ready to let that person have what they need, whether that be time, breathing space, whether that be firing a million questions, whether that be that you get them some tissues and they have a good sob, let them do what they need in response, but don't try and delay it and make it more comfortable for yourself by having chit chat first or talking about something else before you get to the point. Yeah, I think the quicker you can get to the point, it it just makes it, it, it's kinder, isn't it? It just makes it easier for you and for them because they're they're not listening really when you're you're kind of going through the motions of the chit chat. They're kind of just thinking, get to the point, what are you going to tell me? And then they're kind of already, their brain's working overtime. Whereas if you just kind of go into that situation, we've got some bad news to share, I'm going to talk you through it and these are this is what it is these are your options this is how we're going to deal with the next steps and I think that the quicker you can do that the easier and the easier for you as well you don't need to to do all of the the small talk and try and make someone feel comfortable because ultimately you you kind of it's almost like that praise sandwich isn't it where you give them the nice stuff and then you give them the bad stuff and it's just like just get get to the get to the point and let them start dealing with that bad news as quick as possible and then obviously you're there to support them and I suppose as well one another question I'm delivering the bad news what do you think around preempting the bad news would you would you let somebody know that the bad news is coming again no it's it's one that I think often comes up because people feel like that's kinder and actually it's not kinder because again, it comes back to what I was saying about if you send an email, if you're kind of 
giving people an idea that this conversation is going to be about bad news, all you're doing is increasing their anxiety from the time that you preempted it to the time that the conversation actually happens. So I would absolutely be a fan of keep it. It's it's a bit of a rip the plaster off. Don't don't do anything. And and the, don't get me wrong. There's times where because of circumstances and situations, redundancies and restructures are a prime example. My my friend that has been off long term sick knew that at some point if she got signed off again, the company sick pay was going to run out. So it's not always that it's totally unexpected. But I think if you try and go down the route of preempting it by giving a bit of a steer that this is that's really about your comfort, it's not the best thing for that person because it just heightens their worry and anxiety about what might this be. And sometimes they go way further with their thinking and imagine some proper worst case scenario that actually your news is less bad than and they again they've got no outlet for that they haven't got the questions that getting answered in that meantime so yeah don't don't do that (laughs) yeah that's good advice so yeah so so don't preempt the bad news just deliver it deliver it quick and then hold the space give people the the support let them know what their options are and also let them know that you you're there to answer questions i think is is the summary of how to deliver bad news well and i think your point is really important as well about don't take it personally you will often be on the receiving end of emotions that rise up for people because of the situation or the circumstances sometimes that might be an element of personal but if you generally expect that really it's about the situation and I think where it it is more personal is where that person rightly or wrongly thinks that that's your decision and and that's just again it's an element of it's what allows them to process it is by feeling anger resentment frustration whatever towards somebody is a part of that change curve it's a part of that journey and I think the very final point that I would say is look after yourself it's very easy and often people want to do a really good job and they feel like they should be able to deliver bad news and not it not really impact them or they might plan a a conversation with somebody and then they've got a normal afternoon of work following on and I always say to people think about how it's going to feel for you after that conversation and do you need a break? Do you need to go for a coffee? Do you need to go and have a walk and get some fresh air? But don't just go from that and expect yourself to go into some kind of board level strategy meeting and operate as normal, because it will have an impact on you when you deliver it. And that however experienced you are, however many times you've done it, it gets easier because you get more of that skill and practice at doing it better. But it, it's still a horrible situation to be in because you feel when you have that empathy and when you have that compassion, you feel for that person and that doesn't feel good to be the person delivering that. So look after yourself in the situation as well. Yeah, I think that's brilliant advice because lots of people do forget about themselves, don't they? In the in those difficult situations, if you always tend to put the other people first and 
like forget about what your needs are and how you feel yeah absolutely so that wraps us up for today we will be back next week with another one that we think will resonate for quite a few of you which is what to do when people bring you problems rather than solutions so as a leader and manager there can be nothing more frustrating sometimes than everybody expects you to have every single answer and I think it's one of those times where just having some of that tools and techniques to shift somebody from expecting you to solve all their problems for you to them being able to resolve some or more of that for themselves can really ease the mental load and ease some of the pressure. So hopefully you will join us for that one. If you have enjoyed the episode, then as ever, please rate and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen, and we will catch you next week.